Hi, Sunday Society. As you guys have probably noticed, our name and podcast has changed. Spotify unfortunately deleted our original podcast called Taking Back Sunday without giving any kind of specifics aside from initially saying that we had suspicious payments, which seems not true since we don't even qualify for ads to make yeah, money. We don't make money from this and we at all, don't. So. Yeah, we don't have subs- like a subscription. So that didn't make sense. And then they wanted to say violated terms and conditions and then they wouldn't say which ones. And I've gone back and forth with them for weeks trying to get this resolved. And unfortunately, it just doesn't look like they're going to work with us to get it fixed. So what that means is we have to start all over again. Yep. And new podcast... Um, We will be begging again for you to follow on Spotify. We will work very hard to get our old archived episodes posted. It is going to be a lot of work, so it's not going to happen overnight. But rest assured, the content is not lost, and we we will be releasing one episode at a time. It's just that's all it's going to be, as much as we can do. I feel like we are confused and frustrated, so... Absolutely. We just wanted to let you guys know that's why things look a little different. Um, There is a post on our Facebook page kind of explaining this also. But we believe in forward progress. We believe in moving forward. And that's what we're going to do. So let's enjoy episode one of season two of Take Back Sunday. Hello, Sunday Society. Welcome to episode one of season two of Taking Back Sunday. I'm Bianca. And I'm Hannah. And today we're jumping right into a pretty obvious topic, New Year's resolutions. As the calendar turns another page, many of us find ourselves contemplating the year that has passed and envisioning the one ahead. It's that time when we set ambitious goals, dream big dreams, and make promises to ourselves about the positive changes we want to see in our lives. But let's face it, the journey from resolution to reality can be a roller coaster. Whether you're a resolution enthusiast or a skeptic, this episode is packed with insights to help you navigate the journey of self-improvement in the coming year. Join us as we reflect on the past, set intentions for the future, and embark on a journey of growth and self-discovery. So grab your coffee, get comfy, and let's take back Sunday. So welcome back, Hannah. I'm so glad to be here. I am too. It feels like forever. I know. So why don't we start with just kind of giving updates, general updates about our lives? What is what's going on in the world of Hannah Brown? So I started a new job, but I don't know if I really said that on season one. I don't know. So I started a new job. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's so much less stress, more money. A uh, little bit farther of a drive, but not but too bad. Money, the money makes up for it, I bet. The money makes up for it, yeah. Um, I don't know. Just really been trying to focus on family and spend time with my kids and uh, make memories. You have had a, you have a new nephew. You oh, threw a baby yeah. shower for another nephew that's yeah, coming. See, you know more than I do. <laughs> yeah, so um, my little nephew, Ryder, was born. He's so perfect. He's and then so um, I threw a baby shower for my new nephew that is coming, Kane. 
and it honestly I worked really hard on it and it was Pinterest worthy which was. I was really excited about it was um everything that I envisioned I was able to you know make happen and it was just it was a good time and um so yeah my uh that weekend of the baby shower my other brother and his girlfriend and, ba- and, and baby Ryder my nephew <laughs> came from Iowa so that was really cool we got to spend some some family time um yeah, it's just... I'm trying to think of everything that's happened since we last recorded, because we... Did we record anything after Thanksgiving? Uh Uh-uh. So it's been a long time. Yeah. I'm trying to think what's happened. Nothing really has happened in my life. (laughs) Lies. (laughs) Lies. (laughs) Well... I did start my fertility yes. treatments for realsies. Um, the first one did not take, so I'm currently in, like, round two. And I'll go in next week, and hopefully that one works. But we'll see. Yeah. I'm staying hopeful. And that's it that's going on in my life. I'm trying to have a baby. <laughs> Just really all that my life kind of feels like right now at this moment. It's uh, It's an all-encompassing journey. There's not a lot of room for other things when you're trying to do that. Yeah. I've been nesting. I've been cleaning. So that's been, that's a nice little way to keep yourself busy. Yeah, I think one thing that we both kind of, that's similar, is I feel like we both have like tried to focus on what's more important Mm -hmm. in this season of our lives and just really focusing on those and letting the stuff that doesn't matter or isn't as important kind of go and I feel like that's really been good for both of us yeah I agree I think I try to live with like the the five rule the rule of five like if it's not going to matter in five years don't worry about it for more than five minutes the the lion doesn't worry himself with the opinions of the sheep we'll just say this I have the three f rule (laughs) it's not really appropriate but it it does it does work it helps kind of have your mind in a place of like hey what matters Mm -hmm. and who matters Mm -hmm. exactly yeah and I know that we talked a lot in this last month about what the next season would look like and I think one thing we both agreed on is that we should reserve one episode a month for quote-unquote hot takes and hot topics and I think that maybe we should give the Sunday Society a little glimpse into what those episodes are going to look like Um, but before we actually get into it I do want to preface this by saying we are not telling you how to live your lives when we discuss these hot takes These are solely our opinions for our own lives and live under the mantra of you do you boo. So let's get into it. Well, and I just want to jump in and say, let's just imagine that this podcast is being done in like the 90s. So imagine when we talk about things, it is solely our opinion. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be yours and that's okay. And that's okay. (laughs) Like it was in the 90s. Let's just, I like that. If if there's one thing about the 90s, I wish that we could have our own opinions and not everybody be offended about it. Right. They can just disagree with it. I'm going to say things that people are probably not going to agree with and that's okay. You don't have to agree with me. Yes. It's just a hot take. And we aren't judging you if you don't go like live like us it doesn't matter like it's fine the first one on the list is elf on the shelf i hate it i hate elf on the shelf i don't know why it i think first of all it's so much work for parents to have to try to remember and keep up with in the busiest time of the year in the busiest freaking time of the year whoever made elf on the shelf 
really knew what they were doing because they capitalized on the joy of children <laughs> at the expense of the parents' yes. sanity. And I just don't know if I, uh, I don't think that that will ever be a tradition in my home. We will never, it, it we will not have an mind. elf. We'll not if have an three elf three children and we do not do elf on the shelf for a couple of reasons. Number one, <laughs> I'm a busy full-time wife, mom, business owner, and am and an employee. Yeah, I work for a company that I am over, you know, 65 people. So, and 38 patients. Yeah. <laughs> so my life is busy enough without having to remember to move an elf to make, you know, my and 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 do some kind of crafty thing <laughs> yeah. and Try to be creative and, you know. I love I love the creativity. I do, I too. really do. Some of the ideas are super cool. But I don't like the idea that I have this snitch in my house that is watching <laughs> my kids and telling Santa everything. Like, snitches get stitches. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't like it. I really don't like the whole, like, I don't, I don't know, like, the surveillance yeah, of it. Yeah, you mentioned that. You're like, I don't want that surveillance in my house, that yeah. concept. Yeah. Well, then it's always, you know, now we're going to get into it all deep. And people are going to be like, Bianca, it's not that deep. <laughs> but, like, we shouldn't have to shame our children into acting right or they're not going to get presents from Santa and blah, 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 blah. Like, you should want to have an encouraging home and one where they're not fearing everything. Yeah. My kids <laughs> believe in Santa and they, I think, believe in the Elf in the Shelf. We just, they just know we don't have one. <laughs> Santa skipped that out. <laughs> but... Um, that does not make them behave better. Santa does That's not make true. them behave better. It's true. And my littlest told me and my husband that I have been bad every year and always make it on Santa's nice list. So there's that. <laughs> She's got the system worked. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think it's a lot of extra work. I'm If you want to do it and it brings you joy then that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, for real. And I really like watching other people do it. Yeah. It's just not for me. And the trauma, though. Have you seen I was gonna, the trauma videos? I was about to bring Did that up. Did you send me one I of the kid? The kid, the youngest kid is holding the elf and in their hand and everyone out. is screaming. And the mom's like, oh my God, what's wrong? What's wrong? Think somebody has died. Yeah. And they're like, he's never gonna fly again. <laughs> he got touched. He's never gonna fly. And I was like, what? I didn't even know that was a thing, that you can't uh, yeah. touch the elf or it can't fly. I knew you couldn't touch it, but I didn't know what happened if well, you did. Apparently, the children will lose their damn minds. It was craziness. <laughs> and I just like, yeah, I just feel bad for parents that already Ooh. like are trying to do, you know, just all their, of these things. Best. They're trying to get like gifts bought and wrapped without your kids knowing which is hard enough especially yeah, kids are nosy you're spending all kinds of money on all these presents you've got you know work parties that you got to get to you got school christmas parties or holiday parties you got to get to you've got recitals <laughs> it's Girl. just like let's just add one more capitalism right. thing right. <laughs> that we can get money from right forget that elf yeah um, so that's that's but my if you take. do it we, feel, you know, feel free. It's just not for me. Take the pictures. I think some of them are funny as shit. Like, I love looking at some of them. I'm like, dang girl or guy, you creative. Like, you yeah. did the dang thing with that. See, and I would be like, whatever Pinterest said, because I cannot be creative unless I see it. <laughs> someone else do it. Yeah. So the second thing 
that I have seen a lot um, talked about on social media is the mom's Christmas stocking and that it's like, quote unquote, the most worthless piece of Christmas decoration. And I was like, damn, that's not even wrong because I don't put anything in my mom's stocking as an, you know, as her child. I don't think that it's my responsibility to do that. I feel like my dad should be doing that. But then I was talking to her about it. She hasn't had a stocking our entire lives. She barely remembers her childhood stocking. I was like, are you kidding me? So I went and bought her a Christmas stocking. I got her and dad both one. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I, I've heard this quite a bit. But yeah. I will say Zach's been really good. I've always had a stocking and there's always something in it on Christmas. I love that. Okay. Yeah. I guess Zach can get some brownie points, whatever. <laughs> so kudos, yeah, kudos to Zach because he does he does a good job. Even if it's not anything like big, it's something, yeah. you know. Well, I'm glad to know that it's not a universal understanding that moms just get nothing in their stocking. I just remember there's a video that was going around of this dad who is showing like everyone's in their matching pajamas. All the kids have all these cool presents and their stockings are full and the dad has stuff in his stocking. And then they pan over to the mom on the couch with her empty stocking. And I was like, that is, that is disappointing. And then your kids are like, mom was bad this year. Exactly. Exactly. bring mom nothing. Yeah. I just, I think. Yeah. So make sure that the people in your life that you love have stockings. Yes. Check in on their stockings and make sure they're getting stuffed. So another kind of hot topic we wanted to talk about was Santa versus parent credit on big items for Christmas. So I've done it both ways. Um, I've done where the big gifts are from Santa. And then I've done where um, the big gifts are from us. And Mm -hmm. Santa leaves more reasonable items. Um, So again, doesn't matter which way you choose to do it. I just think that it's a good idea if, like, big items, especially, like, hot items that kids want and, like, mm-hmm. every – it's, like, what's trending um, could come from the parents because then, you know, we all see Facebook on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning and, like, the presents – are there like people are seeing what other kids are getting and unfortunately our kids are on social media when they really shouldn't be yeah and for those that are santa believers Mm -hmm. um you see oh i asked for a playstation 5 from santa and i was really good this year yeah and i didn't get it yeah why wouldn't you know what i mean they don't understand that and it brings up a whole nother argument of really when and how much we lie to kids. Yeah. How, and when do you have that conversation yeah. to let them know, like, it's, it's getting really, real. really close in our house. I know. The yeah. oldest one obviously knows, but the other two still are firm believers. And I love that magic. But it's getting to the point where I feel like, you know, the time might be coming to have that conversation. Oh, yeah. The magic's going to be gone. Just kidding. It kids, won't be gone. Kids are really hard to keep that magic. Other kids yeah. are really it makes it hard to keep, you know, the magic because Brinley and I have had conversations multiple times and she's like, you know, but so-and-so said, and I'm just like, dang it, dang so-and-so. It, kid. <laughs> I'm about to go talk to so-and-so's mom and be like, dude. <laughs> so when it was time to have that conversation with Corbin, him and I went to dinner alone 
And I was like, hey, bud. Um, also, content warning. If you have kids around. <laughs> turn off the. Turn don't listen off. to this any longer and listen to it later. So when he was, I think, 10, I took him to dinner and was like, hey, bud, so I got to talk to you about something. And he was like, okay. I was like, you know, Santa, you've been asking a lot of questions. He's like, yeah. I was like, so Santa is real. He is real, but he's not who you thought he was. Yeah. Santa is mom and dad. And when you get to a certain age, you get to be a part of it too. You get to be Santa, but only if you keep the secret to yourself. You can't tell your other friends. You can't tell your sister. You have to keep it to yourself, and then you can be Santa too. And he thought that was the coolest thing. I remember you telling him about that. And then telling me about it, and I thought, man, that's such a good. I was like, such a pat on my back. That That was a great mom moment. Great mom moment. (laughs) Ten out of ten. No notes. (laughs) And I remember the first year that we did it, and he was so excited. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, it's time for you to go to bed. Like, even though you know, like, you still get surprised in the morning. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't go away just because you know, you know, the magic behind the curtain. You know. Yeah. So I kind of go back and forth because. You know, you want to make sure that the kids are feeling the magic and you want Santa to bring the big things and whatever. But then as I got into like education, it really kind of set in that you hear about when kids come back from break about how everyone's talking about what they've got for Christmas. And it really does. Like you said, you know, I taught eighth graders who were pretty aware of what the Christmas story was, but even hearing that kind of differentiation and they know that it's from their parents, there's still like that, that separation of like the us versus them, like the haves and the haves not, the have nots. And yeah. it's just, it's sad to see it. So, you know, do you make your choice? However, you know, whatever works best for your family. But I just know that I think that that could be a beneficial thing for small kids who come back from yeah. Christmas and everyone's sharing, Santa got me an Xbox. And they're like, Santa didn't come to my house this year. And it's just, yeah. yeah. Well, just, a, just a, whatever, a hot take. And I will say, like, for going forward the last few years, something very special has come from Santa, but nothing that probably another kid is has asked Santa for, if that makes yeah. sense. Yep, like, something that that's sense. not... A hot item mm-hmm. that year. Yeah. Something that's more sentimental or mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. personable to my kids comes from Santa. I think we have one more, and Hannah's gonna talk to us about why and how she stopped doing the most at the holidays. I am definitely the hostess with the mostest, and I am not bragging. I'm just saying, like, I go all out every year, and I try to make everything so special. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be, you know, a Halloween party, Christmas party, Valentine's Day, a birthday. I, when I, a baby shower, when I go out, when I go, I go all out, and we always have a friends give miss every year mm-hmm. where our friends get together and all the you know their kids my kids 
and we do something one year we rented out the trolley and we went around and looked at christmas lights last year we had a big party at the house and santa came he had gifts for every single kid he sang songs that were personalized personalized gifts yes it was so much fun and i enjoyed it so much but at the end of the day I was exhausted and felt like I was spending more time planning, shopping, getting ready for this party that lasts two hours and then it's over and I've just wasted weeks of time, not really wasted, but I've used up weeks of time of my resources and for two hours. So this year, I did have a baby shower that I threw um, at the beginning of December right after Thanksgiving and, you know, in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So this year I decided not to. And I am sad at some point. Like, there's a little part of me that's a little sad, you know, just that, you know, we aren't going to have those memories from this year. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, like, just being able to relax and hang out with my kids and watch a Christmas movie with just us. Like, I think... At this point in my life, I'm like, I don't care if I have a million things to share on social media about what I'm doing. Like, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, what matters is the actual experience, the actual experience of it and how, like, stress-free those experiences are. Like, my kids are going to have this wound-up mom who's exhausted or they can have one that's like, oh, maybe we, you know, didn't have... 50 people at our house, but we had a chill mom that was happy and was eating popcorn and watching, you know, It's a Wonderful Life or whatever. That's that's kind of my mantra. Well, kudos to you. Thanks. I did miss Friendsgivemas. I'm kind of sad also, but I would much rather have a very zen out Hannah also. <laughs> so I'm trying. I'm trying to, do, I don't want to say I'm not doing it at all. I'm just trying to balance, be more yeah. balanced. Sure. I think you're doing a good job. Thanks. Welcome. So something else. So we talked about our hot takes. And now there's a couple hot topics that were popular in December. And this is kind of mid-December when we're recording. So I think we should maybe touch on the Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift relationship. (laughs) Number one, so excited for them. Like excited for Kansas City, excited for them, excited for all of it. I have always thought taylor swift was like a really good person yeah she just seems very down to earth like who goes for like a photo shoot and like makes like some kind of bread to bring to like the people at the photo shoot that is somebody who is a genuinely good she's person. a good human i really and i of really course, like her. like we're from kansas city who doesn't love travis kelsey i mean hello i mean like hello baby daddy how are <laughs> <Right>. you <laughs> but yeah oh my gosh i love i just love the whole the romance of it all it's so freaking sweet and cute and just and like how excited she is when she's watching them play and how he how excited he was when he was at our concert i know they just it's like a freaking movie i know they're like power couple 2024 power couple 2024 i'm telling you i really 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 hope that they get married and have all the babies have all the babies i know i just i've already like shipped them in my head and I, i'm planning their wedding for them i think it's adorable and i hate that people were like so negative about her being at the games they're like we don't want to see taylor blah 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 blah, blah. i'm like Bitch, i want to see taylor <laughs> her There's, like i think her 
presence and like her involvement in the NFL. I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that all like Travis Kelsey jerseys, like so sales have spiked. Skyrocketed. Like they are double, quadruple, hundred thousand percent. She's going to do great increase. things for the NFL. No offense, they don't need much help, but she's going right. to help them. But honestly, our Kansas City folks, she is going to do great things for Kansas City. Uh, yeah. She's bringing in more attention, more followers. You've Just got people. Warmth. You know, she's she's big on charity, so yeah. I guarantee you that will touch this area. Yep. I I'm super. I'm here for it. I'm so too. here for I it. I see her getting involved in the Casey Pet Project. I don't know why, but I've got a feeling well, that that's she, something she, she would she do. Yep. Yeah, she she and I are cat lovers. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I think. One of the, her cat's names is Meredith from Grey's Anatomy. I love that. And the other one is Olivia Benson from Law and Order SVU. Oh my gosh. I know. I think it's Two adorable. of my favorite shows. Yeah, exactly. So, and she's our age. I feel like we'd all be besties if we knew her. 100%. I don't know. I like Blake Lively, too. I think I, I'd be friends with her, too. Oh, absolutely. And her and Ryan Reynolds' relationship? Ooh. Goals. Goals. Yes. I love how they roast each other all of the time. All the time. They have no shame. They come for <laughs> each other's souls. And that's how you know they love each yeah. other. And who's uh, Kristen Bell is and Dax, Dax Shepard. Shepard. They're like that, too. It's yeah. like, oh, my gosh, these people are real. Like, they yeah. are just very real. Yes. All right. So the next hot topic. I don't know if any of you are Surprise! On- <laughs> surprise, surprise. I don't know why. I can't get it out of my head. Okay, sorry. On TikTok, there was this... It's slowed down a lot. I haven't seen a lot anymore, but the Susie Pesto stitches. Those oh are some of the gosh. wildest freaking stories the I have ever heard. of hours Girl. that I spent wasting my life. Okay, best story that you heard. Best one is the um, paranormal one. From the, it. From the Summarize EMT. Summarize it. Because it mean, gave me full body chills when I listened to it. I, I don't know how to really, like, it was so crazy. She, the EMT got called into this, like, call in the middle of the night for possible, like, epilepsy. But when she got there, it, it was, was the person was possessed by yeah. a demon. And, and they was took, speaking different languages. Yeah, like. Having weird, oh, like, her body was doing things, contorting mm-hmm. in ways that you can't, like, or make shouldn't. your body. <laughs> anyway. I think that's the craziest one. That ever. is, that is pretty crazy. I'm trying to remember. Almost There's so crazy. many. <laughs> I know. I've got a couple because they're all serial killer related. So I've watched a story about Jeffrey Dahmer. Yes, that's so the one. So there was a girl who was like in class learning about Jeffrey Dahmer, found out that Jeffrey Dahmer would like hunt in the same area where her dad used to jog. And apparently her dad was going to be his first victim, but he got sick and stopped running or like he got injured he, or something. He got injured and stopped running for like a few months. Yes. And saved his life. Yep. Could you imagine? You were almost eaten. Yeah. Oh, okay. Don't like that. I watched another one about Ted Bundy. I don't remember. I think it was someone that was neighbors with him when he lived in Florida and he went by a different name. And then there was another one with a shop owner in California who had an encounter with Scott Peterson. And said he was the absolute he most the horrific absolute person. Yeah. Wouldn't pay his bill. Yes. And got mad. Yep. yep. <laughs> and like the guy found out later that uh, who it was and or what he did. And they're like, yeah, that tracks. That makes sense. <laughs> He's not a good person. No. So those are my biggest Susie Pesto. Oh, and the, I have one more. The one, I don't know if I sent it to you. The lady that has a dream but in her dream, she thinks that she lives yes. for 40 years and yes. has a child and grows up and goes to this kid's wedding and meets her grandkids. 
and then wakes up and it was just it's a dream. all a dream. And she mourned him. She said she, she mourned woke up the and was life. sad. Yeah. She missed her son. And I was like, oh my God, how awful would that be? And how I can barely like, it feels like my dreams are like five minutes. Like, how did you dream for 40 years? I don't know. It's one of those things where they're like, she got sucked into a, a parallel universe and got stuck or something. I don't know. It's crazy. Another know. thing that was like, kind of a Susie Pesto, like it was popping up on my TikTok all this last month, was like how you can like have an outer body experience and go to like a parallel universe, Ugh. like and how to do it. They tell you on TikTok how to do it. I am too afraid. I will not be doing I that. I don't mess with Ouija boards or <laughs> anything that Mm-mm. is like, I know that is not the same thing as a Ouija board, but I don't mess with anything that could literally take my soul out of my body. <laughs> yeah, no, and not you. sure if it's going to come back. And not, yeah, and not bring it back because no way. That's but, yeah, like there inception. are people that are, like, yeah, you, like, can't move. Like, you'll your body will start to itch. Like, you'll want to move and itch your – they're, like, you cannot do that. You have to get your body to where – you your body thinks it's asleep, and your mind is almost asleep, but it's not. And then you start imagining yourself coming out of your body, and people swear now – Absolutely not. They swear that Abs- they travel, like – all over time, can time travel, can go to different... Nope, don't want to go anywhere. Parallel universes. I don't want to go anywhere. That sounds I was like, I like got sucked into like a two hour rabbit hole and I was like, yeah, I'm, is this, is this real life? Can this really happen? But I am too much of a scaredy cat yeah, I'm not <laughs> to trying try that. that. I, I like to think that we are smart. It's not that we're scared. We are intelligent enough to know you don't mess with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Don't do it. Because and the reason I think I probably got wrapped up to, into it was because I really find it interesting like near death experiences. Yeah. Like yeah. there's a show and this lady talks about how like she like legitimately was dead. But like she didn't she was in a canoe accident. She was underwater and had like I mean, when I say injuries, I'm talking like broken legs, broken arms, broken ribs. Oh my gosh devastating injuries like horribly bad because she got like sucked under like like rocks and she was stuck like it was bad and she did not have like she remembers like this light and like being drawn into this beauty beautiful place where she felt peaceful and she felt like she knew people like her relatives and stuff yeah yeah and so She's like, you know, when you come back from that, your whole view on life is completely different because of what you just experienced. But like, but yeah. anyway, so I, I'm really wrapped up in that. I find that mm-hmm. super interesting. People that have had near-death experiences and they have like huge support groups for people like that. Yeah. Oh, our pastor, Burke, had an, a near-death experience when he was a kid. Yeah. And he's talked about it at church before. I don't know. I guess that's kind of close to me because it's it's like an out, your your body mm-hmm. is outside mm-hmm. of itself. Yeah. They're similar, I think, yeah, experiences. The rabbit hole I went down, and it totally freaked me out. I was like, I'll never try this. Yeah. What what happens if you but can't there are people tra- There are people, like, training people how to do this. Stop there. doing that. Stop doing that right now. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> not me. What if I get lost? Right. What And what if you come back and you can't, like, smack back into your body? You're just <laughs> right. floating there like, well, crap. What am I supposed down. to do now? Dang, look at them double chins. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah. So as you guys know, it is 2024. And the most important thing in January always happens to be our... New Year's resolutions. 
So we thought it would be fun. I thought it would be fun. I don't know if Hannah thought it was going to be fun, but it's going to be fun. If, <laughs> if we look at like the top 10 resolutions from 1947 and the top 10 resolutions for today. I'm here for it. I thought it was really fun. So this is according to a Gallup poll. Um, top 10 resolutions from 1947. I'll start at number 10. So 10, lose or gain weight. People had resolutions to gain weight in the 40s. <laughs> Nine, take a greater part in home life. Number eight, take better care of my health. Seven, be more efficient or do a better job. Six, be more religious or go to church more often. Five, stop drinking or drink less. Four, save money. Three, stop smoking or smoke less. Number two, improve my character or live a better life. And the number one resolution from 1947 is improve my disposition, be more understanding, and control my temper. I love it. People must have had some wild and tempers back in the day. So let's compare that now to the top 10 from 2023. Number 10, spend more time with family. I think that that was in, I think that's number nine in the last one. Number nine is fall in love. That ain't nowhere in the 40s. <laughs> they were like, we do not Those care. Those people were already in love. Yeah. They got married out of high school. They were married at 14. <laughs> right. Uh, number eight, help others fulfill their dreams. I love that. Seven, quit smoking. Six, learn something exciting. Five, stay fit and healthy. Four, enjoy life to the fullest. Three, spend less and save more. Two, get organized. And the number one resolution, I'm going to pause for a moment and let everyone say it with me now. <laughs> Lose <laughs> weight. <laughs> so it's weird, not weird, but it's interesting to see that in the 40s, that was like number 10. That was the bottom of the list. Whereas now it's the top of the yeah, list. Yeah, and nowhere in today's resolutions does anybody say, I need to gain weight. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting to kind of look at that. It definitely is. I really like that kind of seeing, you know, I mean, Where almost we've been. 100 years difference. But I do notice like some differences, you know, the be more religious, going to church more often is not in the, the modern resolution. Maybe it should be. Maybe yeah. people need to get back to Jesus. Improve my character. I don't see that anywhere in the, in the, like the current ones. Mm -hmm. But help others fulfill their dreams. Yeah, that's a cool one. Yeah. So after I found these, I kind of got interested to know, like, how did New Year's resolutions start? Like, where did they come from? So the ancient Babylonians are said to have been the first people to make New Year's resolutions almost, I think, 4,000 years ago. They were also first to hold recorded celebrations in honor of the new year, though for them the year did not begin in January, but in mid-March, when the crops were planted. And so they would have this big celebration. It's a 12-day, it sounds like, religious festival. Um, they crowned a new king. They reaffirmed their loyalty. And then they, it looks like, made promises to the gods to pay their debts and return any objects that they had borrowed. And so that's kind of how we got the running for our common New Year's resolutions. Well, Interesting. Was, yeah, little little history lesson here on Taking Back Sunday. But Hannah, as we know, resolutions are usually not super successful. No, and we talked not. about this in episode three or four. 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 
Eye of the Tiger. Why don't we talk about kind of some of the pitfalls of having really vague resolutions? Okay, so when we were talking about this episode, I did some research and researchers suggest that only 9% of Americans that make resolutions complete them. In fact, yeah, (laughs) that is so low. It is really low. In fact, research goes on to show that 23% of people quit their resolutions (laughs) by the end of the first week. Oh my gosh. And 43% quit by the end of January. Dang, half Dang of people quit before right. the month is over. Dang is right. Dang is right. So there are four reasons why people seem to fail at New Year's resolutions. Um, one is goals should start at a time of change or need for change. So many resolutions are set because it is a tradition and goals are your vision of what you would like the future to look like. If you are setting a resolution for tradition's sake, then your motivation will be lacking compared to a goal set because of a need. That makes sense. Yeah, like, I'm it just, really does. It's New Year's, so I have to think of something. Yeah. No, you don't. No, you don't, Queen. Exactly. So number two, expect obstacles. No matter how small or straightforward the goal is, there is always a chance for an obstacle. To keep your optimism, identify obstacles and create plans to avoid barriers. This will reduce the possibility of setbacks or failure. I think that one's really important mm-hmm. because... I know for me, I've set a thousand resolutions on I'm going to, you know, work out more. I'm going to lose weight. And the first time that you eat, you know, a donut at work because somebody brought them in, you're like, oh, I'm this, this is over. The day's <laughs> over. Let me just eat, eat the rest of these 13 donuts and we'll be fine. Yes. <laughs> so I think like you have to be realistic with it and expect there are going to be obstacles and not everyone's going to be like, oh, it's it's January 1. We're just going to bring you celery and hummus. <laughs> <laughs> celery and hummus uh, that actually sounds really I good I like hummus so so number three is set goals into challenging measured but smaller chunks so data shows that if you set challenging goals you will be motivated to reach them goals that are measured will not only show your progress but will inspire you when you see the data it also gives you a chance to celebrate small wins when you reach a mm-hmm. milestone yep. any celebration of a goal will help you continue pursuing the goal we will go into more details in that in just a little bit but that's pretty pretty important too yeah oh and you know we talked about that a lot in that episode if you haven't listened to episode four i do recommend listening to that especially if you want to set goals for 2024 yeah i would i would honestly suggest you go back and into season one episode four i have the tiger and listen to that one before you listen to this one it'll just it'll make more sense it helps yeah Yeah. because we're going to reference some of those things that we talked about and the last one is accountability Mm -hmm. Studies show that people who not only write their goals, but set up a way to be accountable for them will be twice as likely to achieve them. Accountability means that you are responsible to someone to accomplish the goal. This can be motivating. It can be. There are four (laughs) ways you can set up accountability. Tell a friend, create or join an accountability group, use technology, like setting measured milestones on electronic calendar, or hiring a coach. Love that. I think accountability is really important. I do too. I feel like, well, it worked when it worked, but I feel like (laughs) when we were accountable to go to the gym together, like I was like, even the days that I didn't really want to go, I was like, well, Bianca's going. So you feel more, yeah, you do. You feel more motivated to do it because somebody else is counting on you. Yeah. So I think that one of the main 
issues that people have with resolutions is that we make these big resolutions and then we don't stick to them and then we we feel like a failure mm-hmm. right off of the bat like beginning of the year new year new me and i'm a failure <laughs> new year, new same, same, <laughs> same as last year you know Dang it. i mean i and and so i feel like there needs to be a balance between you know setting goals for ourselves but then also reflecting on accomplishments and where we've come, like how far we've come right So I had a friend who actually spoke about reflection versus resolutions, and it really, really just struck like a nerve with me. I was like, oh my gosh, like this, this is my problem. I'm so focused on how I can be better and not looking at the things that I've already done that are so good. Acknowledging, yeah, acknowledging all the growth that you've had. Yes. So she stated that it is 100% fine to make plans and goals, but if we shifted our thinking about the, you know, the beginning of the year and reflecting on the past instead of what we need to work on, you know, we're reflecting on what did I accomplish this year? Mm -hmm. What goals did I set this year that maybe I did accomplish? Or what did I not even think I was gonna do that I then accomplished over this last year? What good, what change came? And, you know, that puts your mind in a positive, hopeful place Versus just looking at what's wrong in my life and what I need to fix in my life. I really like that. It's I like uh, yeah. that a lot. I, I me too. I really do. I enjoy, I enjoy the idea of reflection versus resolution. I do too. I think we should do that at the end of this episode. We should reflect. I I would I would be glad to. Yeah, why don't we talk about like the setting ambitious goals then versus and being realistic? Why don't you kind of dive into that a little bit the balance between setting ambitious goals and then being realistic about what you can achieve so like for example i would love to set a goal that i would run a 5k next month but what is wrong with this goal well first of all (laughs) i don't run at all i've had an ankle surgery and i can't really run yeah i have to walk at a fast pace and that is as much as so serial killers or you know michael myers you're gonna get me because i cannot run so hang out with hannah and you'll always be the <laughs> yes. one to get secondly i haven't built up the stamina for a 5k so it would probably be miserable mm-hmm. if i could even do it right making realistic goals in smaller increments is going to be more realistic and more achievable it is going to promote better self-esteem and I'll likely be more successful for my future or, or in my future with my new goals. Like if I if I set, set up a successful goal for myself mm-hmm. that is achievable, then I'm going to feel more confident to set up more goals in my future. Yeah, it's definitely in, important to be self-aware and yeah. like accept things and self-accepting because having ambitious goals, they inspire us. They move us forward. But they also pose the risk of then becoming overwhelming and unattainable. And then 43% of us by the end of January have stopped screw trying altogether. This. Yep. Screw this. Never mind. But on the other hand, setting realistic goals, it ensures that our aspirations align with our current capabilities, resources, and circumstances. But then while ambitious goals, they serve as beacons of motivation, encouraging us to push beyond our comfort zones. They do inspire creativity. They foster resilience. They give us a sense of purpose. But we have to temper these aspirations with a dose of realism. Unrealistic goals can lead to frustration, 
burnout and a sense of failure, which can be, as we've talked about, demotivating in the long run. Like you said, I might want to set a goal to run a 5K in a month's time, but what's going to happen when I don't accomplish that? It's, it could absolutely hit my self-esteem and make me feel like I failed. When in reality, my goal just wasn't realistic. Having realistic goals ground us in the present. They acknowledge, you know, the current abilities, resources, and constraints that we have and provide kind of a more practical roadmap for success. They are achievable within a reasonable time frame. So if I wanted to run a 5K... I'm not going to set my goal in a month. (laughs) I might do six months. That might be a lofty goal, like a long time. And having that realistic time frame allows for steady progress in the cultivation of a positive mindset. They provide a foundation upon which we can build, ensuring that each step forward is meaningful and sustainable. So instead of running a 5K, my goal could have been to walk a mile every day for a month and slowly build myself up to the bigger goal. Let me tell you. Even accomplishing those small goals feels amazing. Like when you set that goal for yourself and you get to that last day and you can check it off, you feel like you've done something really great. That's why I love to-do lists because I can write things down and just cross them off. Well, and it would be the same if I said, you know, I want to pay off my house next year. So I've, you know, I'm, I'm saying that I'm going to pay off a $100,000 house in a year. That's not realistic. Oof. That It'd be is... wonderful if you could. And I'm I'm going to be honest, Dave Ramsey makes it sound like you can do <laughs> wonders. And maybe he I'm not I'm not knocking it because no, I, I know, think I he has some really great advice, but some of these people are like, "I paid $80,000 off of debt in a year." And I'm like, "How? Dang, how no, are you living?" It. You know what I mean? Like right. for uh, for some of us, it's like we need to make little or goal. and it might just be I only eat out once a week instead of three times a week. Yeah. That could be a goal to to eventually get to this bigger goal yeah. of being able to pay off all this debt because you're saving money. Yeah, that's an action step. You know, you exactly. want to save money? Okay, how am I going to do that? I'm going to adjust how, I, yes. how often I eat out. In the spirit of setting those smaller goals, we can kind of talk a little bit on how we can break down large goals into smaller manageable steps. We already talked... We've plugged episode four now three times <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on how to create a smarter goal. And we highly recommend that you pop over and listen to that episode. It's called Eye of the Tiger for a refresher on that idea. But what we can do today is give you some ideas on how to break those large goals into smaller bite-sized steps. Like I, that's what I call them. So you can define your goal clearly. We've talked about that. So what do you want to achieve at the end of the day? What is the goal? You're going to brainstorm those those smaller tasks, like what has to happen in order for me to get to this goal. Then look at those tasks and figure out what's most important. How are you going to prioritize those? Is not eating out once or twice a week going to be more important than, um, let's say, canceling your Amazon account? <laughs> <laughs> Which one's going to have the bigger impact and be more important? You know, yeah. those are very drastic examples, but... You get the idea. I would save so much money if I didn't have Girl, me too. (laughs) But also, I would not have anything. (laughs) Everything I I own is have. I would be very unhappy to have to deal with people in stores more often. Oh, that's very true. We would not buy as much if we had to go to the store. (laughs) Mm -mm. So then once you have those prioritized, you're going to create a timeline. It's going to 
give your project a timeline to ensure that you're making steady progress so that it's not, you know, you don't have that accountability of a date at the end, you know. You're going to then identify dependencies. So some tasks are going to have to be completed before other tasks can be completed. And then that will connect back to like the prioritization, like what has to happen first? You know, if it's a sequence, you got to make sure you're putting things at the top that need to happen before the other things. You can also set milestones. You know, I'm all about treating yourself. So once you get like two weeks in and you've checked off 80% of your boxes, that's a milestone. You know, go take yourself, you know, don't, don't treat yourself in a way that is going to then detract from your goal, <laughs> but yeah. do something to reward yourself. Obviously, check your progress, check yourself. You know, maybe you're moving a lot quicker than you thought you would. Maybe things are happening faster. You can always adjust. Like, it's this is a very fluid process. And then reflect and adjust as needed. And that ties in with the monitoring progress. So celebrate your achievements, learn from your challenges, adjust your plan as needed, and keep in mind that flexibility is the key to achieving long-term goals. And I really like what we said earlier about, you know, the obstacles. Like, expect there to be yes. obstacles, expect there to be barriers, and how to how do we, you know, navigate those barriers? Yep. I think... Per- being prepared is the battle. Mm-hmm. It is you just knowing what to expect because there's this lifestyle called Whole Thirty, and you know it's very strict eating um, guidelines. But they give you so much information on every like every scenario. They're like, okay, well I'm going out to eat or I'm going to this restaurant. What can I have? How are you going to prepare for this? What are you going to do for this? I feel like that book really gives a good preface to that program to give you kind of a general overview of all the obstacles you're going to face and how you can overcome them. So Hannah, I think it would be awesome for us to take this time to reflect on our 2023 and maybe create a blueprint for some of the things we'd like to accomplish this next year. Sure. Let's just free ball it. Okay. (laughs) So, Bianca, I want to ask you, what do you think was your biggest accomplishment in this last year? I don't even have to think about it. Going to therapy was one of my biggest accomplishments because it gave me control back in my life and made me feel more myself than I've ever felt in my adult life, especially since the breakup. And you really, I feel like you really kind of understood, like, who you are and like why you do certain things and that Mm -hmm. you don't have to be that way like you can work through things that you don't like about yourself because it's it's a learned thing or a a response of something that you had you know in your Mm -hmm. childhood and you're like well I don't really like that about me well you can change that yeah you can like my need to have everything planned out to the minute that is such a big thing for me. And I, I always revert back to that. Like, as soon as I start to feel any kind of discomfort, I'm like, ooh, I can control the timeline. I can say that I'm going to leave my house tomorrow at 4 and get to this place by 4.40. So we need to be there at 4.43. It's very neurotic, and I understand it. But I work with it to kind of figure out why am I feeling anxious about it? Why do I feel like I don't have control? Is it okay to not have control in this situation? That's been a really important question that I've had to ask myself. Like, is it okay that I don't have control right now? 
And sometimes that answer is yes, girl. Like, it's fine. Yeah. You can let someone else take care of you. You can let someone else be in the driver's seat. Yes. And that's hard. Literally, though. (laughs) Because for a long time, I didn't let anybody drive me anywhere. I was like, nope, I am the driver. You can be the passenger princess because I want to be in control of when I can leave. And I've really learned to trust people. Not all people. But just like a handful of people that it's like, you know, if you and I wanted to go to Blue Springs, I'd be like, you can drive. That's fine. I'll ride with you. I don't care because I trust you, you know. And you know, if there was something that came up or something happened that those people that you trust Mm -hmm. would make sure that you were able to get wherever you needed to get. Yep, exactly. And be safe. Yep, exactly. And my therapist helped me learn that that was about trusting myself to choose good people to be in my life. It's not necessarily about trusting you, but it's trusting myself to know that you will do a good job in helping care for me or helping care for my pets, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, that was revolutionary for me was learning. She deserves the Nobel Peace Prize. She really freaking does. (laughs) I get to see her on Monday and I haven't seen her in over a month because fertility treatments are expensive and therapy is also more expensive than I'd like to be. Mm -hmm. So really balancing my finances right now has been causing me not to be at therapy as much as I would like. So I'm very excited to see her and kind of touch base before Christmas and the new year. But so I think that's my biggest accomplishment is just going to therapy and learning to accept myself for exactly who I am, learning who I am, and just kind of living my life in a way that allows me to be the best version of myself. What about your biggest challenge? What what would you think that that would be from this last year? And it can have like a positive outlook on it, but... Yeah, I mean, going to therapy was a challenge. <laughs> it was hard to finally make that decision, but I'm not going to spend more time talking about therapy. <laughs> um, the biggest challenge, I think, has been letting people in because it's so hard. Like allowing people to see a side of me that... I don't often let other people see like being able to come over and tell you how I'm feeling about maybe we had a disagreement, like being open and honest about it and talking about it, Um, sharing my anxiety with people. That is always such a hard thing is when you're trying to date or because I don't make new friends, but some people make new friends. (laughs) I don't. But then kind of figuring out how am I going to tell them that I don't really like to go out in public a lot because I get really anxious about things. And I, you know, I would prefer to get my food as takeout and eat it at home in my pajamas than sit and eat it at a restaurant. But so figuring out how to like express that and share that with people has been a challenge. But I've also been able to really work in improving in that area too. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, I guess. So what about you, darling? What did you accomplish this year that you think is the biggest accomplishment? I honestly think probably the biggest accomplishment that for this last year would be just that I really took time to focus on my family and not like in a sense of like, how can we pack every minute full of things, Mm -hmm. but to just be able to 
you know, be home and to spend time, you know, doing all the things that, you know, we want to do, what we need to do. Um, I know that feet are. Yeah, I know that when we did our smarter goals um, in episode four, I talked about one of mine was eating out less. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, I've really enjoyed the time, even though it is more time for me, like the time that I get to just like plan and feed my family. I don't know that like it just it brings me joy. Yeah. To, you know, be able to plan meals and even when my kids would rather, you know, go through McDonald's <laughs> and they act like they don't like what we're having yeah. or whatever. But just trying to, you know, spend that extra time, like really focusing on like this is something that I can provide to my family, yeah. which is a, a good home cooked meal. I've really, really appreciated those moments this this last year well and I think that they will then remember that when they're adults too they'll they'll remember yeah my mom would cook us dinner all the time and they'll have that and they'll have that memory with you I hope so because they like to tell me they don't like what I cook all the time (laughs) and I'm like really like I'm not like making you eat arugula like what is what is going on (laughs) not arugula no offense to anybody who likes that but I'm not my thing with other greens anyway (laughs) And then, of course, um, you know, sobriety for me is a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Um, Every day. Every day. Proud of you. We're only, we're only given 24 hours and every, you know, every 24 hours that I put under my belt is like, okay. And I'm not going to lie. I am super thankful because I feel like God just like intervened at a time that needed to happen and I like took that craving away because if you if you're an addict or you know an addict cravings are a real thing yeah I don't have cravings anymore but there are times where I'm like man it'd be nice to you know go to a bar and drink or mm -hmm. it'd be nice to go have a do a wine tasting at a winery but like I never like crave it it's just there's those times where I'll be think like think about it yeah with my change in lifestyle I've really been able to see who, like, my people are and not, like, my people that are here for a good time. Like, the people that really care and matter. And even people that don't share that lifestyle with me, Mm -hmm. like, can support and love me for this. And, I mean, I think that's really cool. You know, that I, the, that there are people that are like, hey, you know, like I, I go out or whatever, but like, you know, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm proud of you. Good for you for making that decision for yourself. And, um, and just the connections that I built with other people, I Mm -hmm. actually got asked, um, this is kind of a thing. Uh, when somebody gets their, uh, when they get a year, like their year, we call them birthdays, Mm -hmm. uh, they, they'll speak at a meeting. And a girl in my meeting, her year's coming up. Well, it was up. It, it, she just had her year. Anyway, um, they somebody always introduces you before you speak. And they ask her who, you know, she wanted to introduce her. And she said me, which I was like, That's I don't so know. Cool. Like, yeah, like, it just, it made me feel good. It made me feel like, yeah. you know, that those connections are meaningful. It's a community. Like, it really you, is. You really it have really a solid community of people yeah. in that group. So what about challenges? What do you think was your biggest challenge in this last year? 
honestly, my biggest challenge was probably, I don't want to say trusting people that I shouldn't, Mm -hmm. but um, I think I would say being so consumed with having everything right at work that my moral compass and the people that I dealt with like it was it was skewed because I was so concerned with looking and being as good as possible for people that were it was never going to be good enough for yeah and um you lost a piece of yourself I did to appease other people I definitely lost a piece of myself and um is back now don't worry y'all she got (laughs) Stella got her groove back (laughs) and honestly it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me a decision that I Mm -hmm. made that I normally wouldn't have made because I was trying to do the best that I could in an impossible situation Mm -hmm. it it was it turned out to be what I well I you know three days in bed laying there in a depressed state of mind you know I thought that here my life was over <laughs> it was really dramatic but in those moments you really think well, it was it, it felt, felt really like big that. yeah um and then in a matter of a just I mean like that everything changed and yeah. in a b- good way in a again making more money a little bit farther drive not a big deal making more money less stress happier amazing amazing group of people that I'm work working with mm-hmm. and you know it's like I'm so like complacent that I would have just yeah been okay not being appreciated or paid enough or you know I don't know like just you know the resources that I needed I wasn't given like all of those things the guidance that I needed wasn't there I would have been complacent enough to just stay in mm-hmm. that for the... I would have because freaking was, retired yep. from that. Because it was comfortable. Because you it knew was comfortable. It? Yep. Yep. I get it. So although I do miss some of my people. Sure. Because I worked really hard to build an amazing team of people, mm-hmm. um, especially floor staff. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I didn't work that hard for management there. But uh, the floor staff, those people that work on the floor and deal with people every day, I worked really hard to build that team. <laughs> yeah. And I miss them like crazy. But at the end of the day, I am in a much better place mentally financially Mm -hmm. spiritually and it so it was the big the biggest challenge but probably the biggest blessing i was gonna say god bless the broken road right really (laughs) for real i'm gonna throw you a curveball what do you think my biggest challenge was this year your biggest challenge yeah i honestly think it was sitting down and dealing with yourself sounds really harsh <laughs> it does and it do- i don't mean for it to be no, it's I not i know that i um, want people to know she that is a very accurate description of what i had to do this year i think when we did the episode where you talked about your pra- your past relationship like i think that was you sitting down and dealing with yourself yeah where you are with what happened and being able to like for the most part put it to the past you know like obviously things in our past kind of attach to us as we move forward but for the most part I feel like you said okay I'm done with this I'm gonna lay it down and I'm gonna move on and I was really I was really worried that you were never gonna get there 
I was really worried that you were never going to get there. And um, being able to see that progress has just been like, it is a challenge, but again, like a biggest blessing kind of thing, because I don't even think that you knew who you were. There's parts of you that are always been there, but like, I feel like for the first time ever since I've known you since preschool, you know who you are. And that is beautiful. It feels really, really good. I've never felt this comfortable in my skin before. And I, I don't, I think that with that kind of reckoning that I had with that, that whole event in my life that just kind of consumed me and almost ruined me, just being able to sit down with it and, and deal with it and talk it out and just to put it into words, how I felt something after that was different. It just felt different. I was like, I don't think about what could have been. I don't think what could be. I think about it for what it was. And that's all it's ever going to be. Because it it was so unhealthy. And so toxic. And it almost killed me. Like, it almost killed my spirit. Well, and, and not even, like, being your best friend and not even knowing some of those details and listening to you during that podcast talk about that for the first time I literally and I don't care if he listens to this I wanted to go drive (laughs) to you know what town yeah and beat the living daylight out of him like I was like how dare you talk to my friend this way how dare you but then some of that anger kind of went away because it's like she needed to say that so that she could get this out. And yeah. like how beautiful that you are willing to like share that with everybody that listens to the podcast. Yeah. That so that actually is a great point because that's been a challenge is figuring out what I want to share openly with people on this podcast. Like we have 85 followers, so it's not like we're <laughs> viral. <laughs> but people that we ain't I crime know, junkies. No, sorry. <laughs> with their, you know, 800,000 followers. Right. But it's like I do know a, every single one of our listeners for the most part. Like, we know who these people yeah. are. These people know who we are. They hear me talk about this. And it's like, that was a very raw and vulnerable moment for me. And I think that it's easier because when we record, it's just you and me. Yeah. And it doesn't register that, like, oh, I'm putting this out into the universe. Like, this is available for everybody to for listen everybody. to. Anybody, everybody. But then there's a part of me that's like, if hearing me talk about this will get somebody else in a good place, I would I would share it a million times over. Yeah. And I and I felt the same way talking about addiction. And, you know, for the very gosh, I want to say it was like six to nine months. I was very close lipped about you were you like, didn't talk sobriety. about it. I just didn't. And then you were like, "Let's do a whole episode on it." And I was like, "Oh, yeah. okay." <laughs> um, but then it was like something just clicked with me and it was like, "You know, this is a struggle. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean that I'm a horrible human being." Yep. Um, but you feel that way. You yeah. know, coming out of something that that dark, dark and mm-hmm. disgusting and just there's so many things that get wrapped up in addiction. Like you feel like worthless. Yeah. So there for a while I was just like head down (laughs) just staying on a straight path head down but you know um then 
I realized that there's so much power in sharing, not for you, but mm-hmm. for other people. Mm-hmm. They're exactly. like, oh, wow, you have that issue? Like, I thought you had your whole life together. And you're exactly. like, no, sis, like, <laughs> listen, I've been a mess, <laughs> exactly. you know? And um, now it's, like, not even a thing for me. Like, I... You're so open about it. And I really welcoming am. welcoming to anybody who wants to learn about it. Mm-hmm. You, I, I really, I think that that's a sign of just how far you've come. Yeah. You know. Well, and I think I was so worried about what everyone was going to think. Because in my addiction, I really led two different lives. You did? There was one that was an addict. And then there was one that was this, you know, just this professional who you know was in the worship team and just and not that I it's not that I like didn't believe in God Mm -hmm. and I was Mm -hmm. going to church to be like fake or whatever because you really were that person I really was that person but I was also that person Mm -hmm. with addiction like yes you know yeah and so being able to just like be like I don't care what other people think like I don't care you can sit here and you can be like wow she's a horrible she was a horrible mom she was a horrible human you know she was a horrible wife i at this that's not who i am that hannah no longer exists so you can judge her as long as you want i Mm -hmm. promise you you're not gonna judge her any more harshly than i have yeah so it it just doesn't affect me yeah and i think that is a freeing moment is when you finally accept that like we talked about this at the very beginning who cares what other people think Three F's. Yep. You know what they are. Look them up if you if don't. If they're not fulfilling <laughs> any one or all three of those needs, yep. it has to be all three. It yeah. is not just mm-hmm. one. You, ain't, you can't just pick and choose. Yep. They, they, they need to be thing. all three. <laughs> yeah, they need to be all three. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And it's, I think that, you know, I think there's a lot of good things about growing up in church, but I think yeah. one thing that is not good about growing up in church is the facade that you feel like you have to have to like be like the Susie Christian, you know, just yes. everything's great and my yeah. life's wonderful and God is just best me never so do, much and I never, and I make never any mess mistakes up and, and I never make mistakes. Never have a hair out of place. I'm at church every Sunday. Yeah, and I think I I think I grew up thinking that that was like yeah. what I needed to be. So that's where the whole two lives came because yeah. it was like I was struggling with something, but I didn't want anybody in this other circle to know that. Yeah. And it was, it was bad enough that when Zach went for help to people that know me very well, some of them didn't know, like, they were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what? Or didn't believe it. Yeah. Yep. And so just, I think, like, the whole, like, not doing the hostess with the most, I think all of that comes from, I just really don't care anymore. I love that. I don't care. I care about so many things. But your opinion of me as a mom or as a wife or as a business person doesn't matter because I am 100% like at peace with who I am. And that is on that. That is on that queen. Hell yeah. Sunday Society, it was amazing to be back yes, with you. Yes, because we have missed you. So much. And we're going to wrap this up today. Next week is going to be a very special episode. I'm so ready. Um, and we're not even going to tell you what it is. We're going to let it be a surprise. Yeah. It's You're going to love it. It's it's something like we've never done before. We, we've gotten some feedback from people. We're going to change things up, shake it up a little bit in the new year. And um, we will see you next week. I'm so excited. I'm Bianca. 
I'm Hannah. And we are Taking Taking Back Back Sunday. It definitely sounded inappropriate. You're not wrong. I'm not. Oh, no. We old. Just kidding. I'm so beyond. excited. I'm oh, sorry. 